him praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'd like to welcome our online audience. Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. We have a Facebook, we have a Facebook and a YouTube church following us. Amen. So it's really good. Amen. Welcome to service tonight. Uh, for those of you who have, if you're our first time guest, my name is Pastor Andrew Lombardo. And tonight we're going to be talking about how to get your prayers answered. Amen. How to get your prayers answered through praise and worship. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. How to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. And we're going to talk tonight about how praise is a spiritual weapon. Amen. How praise brings the presence of God into the scene of your life. And as you praise him and his presence comes, the presence and praise that we give unto God, he comes and that that praise drives out the enemy. Amen? The praise of God brings the presence of God. The presence of God drives out the enemy. Oh, hallelujah, and we get our prayers answered. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. There'll be a few scriptures tonight you can keep up and you might have to write a few down. But 1 John chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. We know that we have to make our prayers based on the scriptures. We know from what the Bible teaches that the word of God, our Bible, is the will of God. If you want to know what the will of God is, you read the word of God. And the word of God, we know, the written word is his will. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. So when we make our prayer requests, the prayer should be based upon a scripture. Now, if it's not based upon a specific scripture, you should pray in line with the Bible by faith. Speaking like the Bible speaks. Amen? Here's a wonderful scripture for us. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, this is the confidence. Look at what he's telling us. This is the confidence. How many of you want to have confidence in your prayer life? I mean, be confident in it. You know, there's one thing, they talk about NFL quarterbacks, Brother Danny, and they say one of the things that an NFL quarterback, if he loses his confidence, he's shot. He's got to have confidence in the pocket. He's got to have confidence that the, the route runner is going to go to the right place. He has to have confidence that the offensive line is really going to block for him. He has to have confidence that when he gets the ball and he looks to a spot, that receiver's going to be right there. He's got to have confidence in that. If he loses his confidence, it's all over. If he's, if he's concerned that they're not blocking for him, if he's concerned about that guy running around, his, his goose is cooked. Because you know how long he's got to throw the football? Less than two seconds. <laughs> he gets the ball, he's got to get rid of it in two seconds or less. Two seconds or more? Guess what happens to him? Squish like a little bug. <laughs> so, so God is telling us this is the confidence. You've got to have confidence in your prayer life. This is the confidence that we have in him. Where's our confidence? In the word of God. Our confidence is in Jesus. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, think about that word, anything. Anything, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If I ask anything according to the will of God, which is the word of God, if I ask anything, we prayed Psalm 22, verses 6 and 7, for the peace of Jerusalem. That comes right out of the Bible. 
So there's no doubt that God hears our prayers and our cries for, for the peace of Jerusalem and for prosperity to be in her walls. And when we pray that prayer, it's the will of God that there's peace on Jerusalem. Amen? You know what that does to us? I can pray that prayer confidently. Did God hear us when we prayed that? Yes. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is the confidence. Listen, you got to get past goose pimples and goose bumps and how you feel in it. Nine times out of ten when you pray, you probably feel like me. Nothing. You know what I mean? That's why you can't base it on how you feel. You have to base it on what he said. I know I prayed according to your word. So because I did that, I know you hear me. Now, there's times we get the goose pimples and the goosebumps and the fire and the glory and, and the shaking and the cloud and whatever you want to call it. You can feel the Holy Ghost. That doesn't make that prayer any stronger than when you don't feel it. Jesus said what? Blessed is he who believes and has not seen. Blessed is he who believes and has not felt. Blessed. So whether we feel it or not, don't matter. We pray according to the will of God, which is the word of God, then we know he hears us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Man, this is when we can pray boldly. We can pray boldly, and I can know that when I pray for Stephanie's ears to open, and when I pray for supernatural healing to come on her life, and I stand on the word of God for healing, and I'm believing for her, her deafness to go. And I'm believing for that eardrum to work. And the bones in the ears to be healed. And for the hearing in that ear to come back. And for that nerve to work. And for everything to happen perfectly. And I lay my hands upon her. And I'm believing, God, you sent your word to heal Stephanie. And when I pray according to the will of God, I pray according to the word of God, I'm standing in faith that she is going to get her hearing. Amen. He hears me. He's moving, he's responding, he's, he's making a way to make that happen. It gives me confidence. It gives her confidence. Why? Because we're not praying some religious prayer. Right? No, we're praying God's word. So when we pray, we need to pray that we believe we receive when we pray. I'm not laying hands on Stephanie for her ears to open and, and, and think it's going to happen at some other point in time. Every time the Lord's prompted me to pray for her, I, I, get, I get really choked up. And I look at her and say, I am believing for your ear to open. And I don't say it to her much, but I've said it to her maybe two or three times. But in those moments when I feel the urge to do it, I do it because I'm believing it's going to happen right here in front of me. This church is going to see it. She's going to say, Andrew, it happened. I can hear it. I'm expecting it any moment in time. We're going to be in a worship service. She's going to go, it happened. And she won't even have to tell me what it was. I'm going to know. You can hear. I can hear. Glory to God. Why? I'm believing for it. We're standing on the word for it. See, this, is, this, build, this builds confidence in our prayer life. We're expecting it to happen. We're not just praying empty, vain words. We're not just doing vain repetitions. No, we're really praying. All right, so turn in your Bible, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Now, we're talking about praise with our prayer life. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Now we know how we're praying with the Bible. Before I, before I, when I got saved, I didn't know how to pray. I was raised in a denomination, and I prayed ritual prayers. 
Okay, so I knew some ritual prayers. The Hail Mary, the Our Father, the Act of Contrition, uh, the Acts of the Apostles. I prayed those prayers and I knew them. Uh, but then when I finally figured out how the Lord taught me how to pray, so that I can pray by using the Bible and pray the words from the Bible for the things I need, boy, my whole prayer life changed. I went from not knowing how to pray or praying for minutes to realizing, wow, I can just pray what he says. Oh, my goodness, my whole world changed. So here's a prayer that you can pray. Philippians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse number 6. The Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. So what can you pray for? Everything. Everything. I don't know how to say that. It was, a, it was a hard time in my life when I believed, like, for instance, me and Jill were talking before service, and people would say, like, I would, I would ride around with, with Tammy's husband, Jeff, and he'd pull in the Walmart parking lot, and the parking lot's got 40,000 parking spots. Now, I'm the type of guy, I drive up the lane and I park. I don't think twice about it. I don't care where I park. I'm not looking for a park. And Jeff would drive up the aisle and down the aisle and up the aisle. And down the next aisle. And we're passing up spot after spot. So I finally looked at him and I said, Jeff, what are you doing? I'm praying and believing for a spot up front. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to be here all night before we can park the car. And now that's just my spiritual maturity. Because the Bible says pray for everything. Was it wrong for him to pray for an up close parking spot? No, my wife does it all the time. I tell the story about peaches. My wife had a hysterectomy. And she's at home, and I'm going to work, and she said, I would really like some peaches today. I'm thinking, oh, thank you very much. That's what I want to do, go find peaches today. i got to work and go find peaches. So I walk out the door, and I'm getting in my truck, and I really pray, not very good. <sighs> Lord, I need peaches. That was kind of my attitude in the prayer. Really, it was pretty bad. I got in my truck. I drove to my first stop. I was a hospice chaplain. I rang the doorbell. The lady opened the front door. I stepped into the double-wide trailer, and when I walked in, there were peaches everywhere. And I'm looking at all these peaches, and she goes, we just came home from our vacation. We go to the spot. We go to the peach orchard, and we, brought, we bring home all these peaches. Preacher, you want some peaches? And I'm standing in the kitchen. I'm crying. I mean, I'm, I'm like a blubbering idiot, and I'm thinking, okay, God, you really got me. I understand now. Oh, my goodness gracious. Pray about everything. You don't think God answers your prayers. Start praying about everything. Ask him for everything. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. This is what the next verse is. With thanksgiving. There it is. You want your prayers answered? Start giving thanks to God for the answer to your prayer way before you even see the manifestation of it. We don't wait for the manifestation of prayer to come before we say thank you. When we pray for healing, we say, thank you for healing me right now. And I begin to thank him. And I'm already receiving my healing, regardless if it's ever manifested yet or not. I'm already believing for it. I believe I receive it when I prayed. And I begin to thank him. Your prayers will come when we give thanks. It's a powerful weapon that we can use. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. How do you make your request to God? With thanksgiving, with joy. You say, well, how can I have joy? Well, we just read about how we could be confident. So if I'm using the Bible and I know that he's hearing me because I'm praying his word, which is his will, that gives me confidence that he's hearing me. And I don't know about you, if you know that God's listening, don't you think you would change? 
I mean, when it really dawns on you, he's really listening. Oh, I better think about what I'm going to say. And I better be grateful. Amen. As a people, we should be very thankful for everything God has done for us. So we're working together. It's when we pray, when we use thanksgiving and worship in our prayer, we add a component to it. We add power to it. It's the power component of praying. That's why you shouldn't just jump into prayer. That's why you should take a few moments and think about it. And when I was a Boy Scout, we used to go out to deer camp. And when we'd get out to Hoffensteiner's farm, we would go to the well house, which was about a good mile from the cabin. And we'd get to the well house, and we had to pull out five-gallon buckets of water. And somebody would have to go up and down on that handle while the other guy was pouring the water. Because you know what we had to do? Prime the pump. You don't know how many buckets of water it takes to prime the pump, but you keep pouring the water till you can prime the pump. And then once the pump is primed and the water starts doing, you know what the first thing you do? Refill the buckets <laughs> and put them back down underneath there for the next guy. Because if you don't, the next guy's really not going to like you. <laughs> so when you get into prayer, praise primes the pump. Praise God. Give him thanks. Give him glory. Praise is more than just words. It's ordained praise. Look at Psalm number 8, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read it in two different versions. I'm going to read it in King James, and I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. Psalm 8, verses 1 and 2. This is the power of praise. Jesus, this is how it says it in the King James. O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There's the praise. O Lord, O Lord, how excellent are you. How excellent is your name. Hallelujah. So if you don't know how to give thanks, you go to the Psalms and you read them. And you put some gusto behind it in your own way. And you worship God and you read the Psalms. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how excellent is your name. And then you take time to worship his name in all the earth. It goes on to say, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Look at the next part, verse 2. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength. That means when I give praise on the God, it's strength that's going out. There's power going out. You have ordained strength. Because of thy enemies, the last part of the verse is that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. What is the enemy and the avenger? Well, if you're sick, that's your enemy. If Satan's after you like he's after me, there's your avenger. There's somebody after us. There is a real adversary, and there is a real war that we're facing against a real enemy. And the Bible says when you praise God, you release power to still the enemy. You release power to still the avenger. Listen to it out of the, trans, out of the uh, Passion Translation. Yahweh, our sovereign God, your glory streams from the heavens above, filling the earth with the majesty of your name. People everywhere see your splendor. You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. Strength rises with the chorus of, in, of infants. Listen to what it says. This kind of praise has power to shut 
Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Glory be to God. See, when you get this really thought in your mind about worship, you'll come to church services different. I'm not trying to get you to do Christian calisthenics. I'm not trying to get you primed up to, to shout and jump and wave and just do something. But when you come here, you realize that my worship silences the enemy. My praise, my clap, my dance, my shout, my kneeling, my raising of my hands is a real spiritual weapon. And that when I do that, the enemies of my life run. The enemies of my life flee. Oh, it'll change you. You'll realize, oh my goodness. I mean, you think, well, I can't dance, but I'll dance for him. Oh, I'm white and I can't dance, but you know what? I'll dance for him. Oh, I can't clap. No, I can't clap on the two beat, the four beat, the six beat. I have to watch someone else clap and hope I can keep up. Because I'll screw up a clap in a second. You ever been in church everybody's clapping? You hear the one person who's off? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> They used to try to teach me how to, before I got saved, we would go into clubs in the military, and they'd take me to the country bars, and they'd teach me how to line dance. They went left, I went right, they went forward, I couldn't get it right to nothing. I couldn't get it at all. I had two left feet and all, 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 all left toes. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do it. Mm -mm. I said, I'll just sit and watch. <laughs> but the point is to praise God when you realize what you're doing, and you realize, forget about how you look. It's not about you. It's not about your personality. Well, I'm shy. I'm timid. I didn't dance in the club. I can't dance in church. That's a bunch of junk. That's a spirit of religion. I don't care what denomination you came out of. I don't care what denomination you consider yourself today. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise God. You don't have a choice. Doesn't mean you have to act like me. Doesn't mean you have to act like Danny. But in your own way, you should tap your foot and clap your hand and, and, and shout. It, 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 shout your shout. Right? Do it your way, but do something to give him glory. Because it does something. It moves God. It stills the enemy. I want you to hear that same verse. Jesus quoted it in Matthew 21, 16. In Matthew 21, 16, Jesus quotes Psalm 8, verses 1 and 2. Jesus said it like this. Out of the mouths and babe of babes and sucklings... Thou hast perfected praise. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Jesus, listen, I, I can't even sing well. I don't have a singing voice. You don't want me to sing a special. You don't want me to sing in the choir. I've told you my stories. I was in the Baptist church. I was singing in the choir, and the choir director stopped everybody and said, who's making that noise? <laughs> Seriously, I'm not lying to you. And they said, okay, what do you sing? And they said, I sing this. And then what do you sing? What do you, finally got to Andrew, what do you sing? I said, the song? <laughs> it's you. <laughs> Here's what he said. He knew. Everyone was like alto, bass, this, that, tenor, lead, something. Uh, the song? They said, okay, mute his mic. So then they muted my mic. We started singing some more, and they stopped, and they said, Andrew, you're too loud. We're going to have to stick you up on the back with the bass. So I got all the way up in the back with the bass guys. So I was way up on the top. And I'm singing. He said, that's still too loud. Stop, stop, stop. Andrew, you're still too loud. Shut that microphone off. Then they finally said, Andrew, move all the way over to the edge. I'm not lying to you. They put me way over here by myself. He said, Andrew, that's a joyful noise section. There's no microphones. You can do anything you want over there. 
Everyone laughed at me. I didn't realize that they were laughing at me. But you know what? They put me in the joyful noise section, and I praised God with all my heart. I gave him glory. I was in a Methodist church, went to my brother's house in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I had my little daughter with me. She had just been born, and, and we went to the Methodist church, and she was a little whatever gassy like kids getting. And I picked her up, and I went to the balcony. And I went up on the balcony. I had my little baby girl. And I was in the balcony during the praise and worship, and I was dancing with her, and I was running, and I'm shouting. I'm in a Methodist church. I don't know what Methodist meant. I was giving glory to God, and all this stuff. I didn't think anybody could see me. Well, everybody on the platform could see me. The guy leading worship could see me. I didn't know that. When service was over, I come down with my little girl. I'm walking down the aisle, and the music director literally jumped off the platform, ran to me, and just threw his arms around me and began to hug me. I don't even know this guy. I'm thinking, okay, you know, who are you? What's going on? Why are you hugging me? Kind of thing. He looked at me, and he goes, I've never seen anybody worship like that in a church service before. I said, what are you talking about? I saw you in the balcony. He said, when you ran and jumped and shouted and clapped, it so inspired me to just, wow, sing with more. You know what I'm talking about? It's perfected praise. It's not about you, it's about Jesus. I've been in every denominational church you can think of, and every place I go, when I would get there, my wife would say, Andrew, you know where you are today, right? And I'd say, well, if you're going to be embarrassed, you might want to sit on the back row. Why? Because when it comes time to worship, I can't help myself. I don't care what the song says. I don't care what the hymnal says. Jesus saved me, man. Jesus redeemed me. And if you knew who I was before, you'll be thanking God that I got born again. Amen? Glory of Jesus. My encouragement to you is it's ordained praise. Don't neglect the praise. Praise moves God. Praise answers prayers. Once you believe you receive the word from God, your faith and action is to give him praise. It moves the adversary of your life. It applies the force of faith when we praise God to get the job done. Amen? Believe God for it. Believe God for it. Keep the pressure on. Don't let up. Don't stop. If Satan can do anything to cause unbelief, he does it. If Satan can do anything to cause you not to do it, he'll do it. When we, when we apply pressure to things, because we want mountains to move out of our life, so when you're, failing, when you're facing things like sickness and disease or financial troubles or there's evil or whatever you may be facing, whatever the obstacle is, remember, praise is a weapon that moves those things. Praise is a weapon that pushes those things out. Praise is the weapon that changes the atmosphere. Praise is the weapon that draws the Lord to the scene. Praise is the weapon that does something that you can't do. It's the work of God, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at Psalm number 9, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 9, verses 1 through 3. Talking about praise and prayer. Psalm 9, verse number 1. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name. 
O thou most high, when my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. Hallelujah. Praising God turns the enemy back and causes them to fall and perish. Now you know when you read 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20, when the armies of Israel went to war, who'd they put out in front? They put the praise team out in front. Now there's no general in their right mind would go to war and say, all right, all you guys get together and Andrew, you're the joyful noise category. Lead us in the battle. Sing. What? Yeah, we're going to go against the enemy, and you're going to go first, and you're going to sing. That's the battle plan? Me? Singing? That's the battle plan. But when you realize what it does, it's perfect praise. It silences the enemy. It routes the avenger. It turns back the enemy. It causes them to perish and fall. And you saw what happened. They worship the Lord, praise the Lord. And they give glory to God. And the Bible says, what happened to those armies? Ambushments came up. God ambushed them. They turned against themselves and they all killed each other. And the Israelites never even raised a sword in battle. They sang their way to victory. They sang their way to victory. I'm telling you, that, that, that ought to encourage you to sing your way to victory. You want God to answer your prayers? Praise Him. Look at Psalm 22, verse number 3. Psalm 22, verse number 3. But thou art holy that inhabits the praises of Israel. Where does God dwell? In praise. Listen, I'm not trying to get you to shout just because we want you to shout and make noise. The shout is one of the most powerful weapons you got. When you shout, the shout is so powerful, walls come down. The shout is so powerful, it raises the dead. That's how powerful the shout is. You don't know what to do when someone dies in front of you. You don't know how to pray. Shout, glory! Hallelujah! Get up! Hallelujah! Jesus! I'll raise the dead. The Bible says, how do I know that? Read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 19. At the end day, the trumpet of God's going to sound, and God's going to shout, and the dead in Christ are going to rise up. How are they going to come out of the grave? With the shout. You don't know what to do? Shout! And you say, I'm not much of a shouter. Well, you ain't going to like heaven too much. You better get over it. You better learn how to shout. You get there, you better shout. I can't wait to get there and shout. I'm going to practice right here. I'm going to shout. My wife says, you shout too much. Well, you just have to get over it. I'm loud. <laughs> but that's okay. Hebrews 13 and 15. The sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13 and 15. About the sacrifice of praise. See, praise isn't always easy, is it? See, if praise was easy, it wouldn't be any problem talking about it. But there's times in life you don't feel like it. The circumstances of life have got you sucking on lemons, and you have no reason to be joyful at all. Sick in your body, sick in your finances, problems in your marriage. There's all kinds of reasons for us not to want to do it. We've all been there. I've sat in church services and sat on my hands and did nothing. 
But the Bible says we should offer the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. That means even when you are in one of those bad places and you're having a pity party, and though you may not be able to say much, you can still say, glory to God. I don't care, I don't care what else is going on. Laying in your bed sick, you can still say, I worship you, Jesus. In a whisper, I bless the name of the Lord. That may be the best you can do, but if you're doing it with all your heart, I'm telling you, the power of God shows up on the scene. God shows up. Praise him, even when you don't want to, even in the midst of trouble. Give him a sacrifice of praise. In Luke chapter 17, verses 12 through 19, you know the story about the ten lepers. And this is a powerful story about the ten lepers because the ten lepers came to Jesus and Jesus prays for these ten lepers to be made whole. They come to him. They ask for healing. You can read it in Luke chapter 17. And they left to go to the priest. And as they walked away by faith, they realized that healing had come to them. And then one guy, one out of ten, one man, a Samaritan, turned back and he came to Jesus and the Bible says he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus and gave thanks to him. He came back and he got on his face and he bowed before Jesus and he said, thank you. Jesus said, didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? See, when I read that story, you know what? I don't want to be part of the other nine. That's why you got to get past what you look like, what people think about you. It don't matter. I'm here to give God praise and give him glory. I'm not saying you have to do it like me. I'm just saying you do it with your whole heart. And if you dance, dance. If you sit, that's fine. Sit. Raise your hands. Do, it. do something to worship him. I remember I was talking to a, uh, I was in evangelism for many years, and I was in a denominational church, and I was pretty exuberant. And one of the guys came to me and said, I really have a problem with how exuberant you are. And I said, well, the Bible says, well, everything has breath, praise the Lord. He said, well, I just don't know that I can clap and shout and dance. I said, you should do something. I praise you, Jesus. Maybe it's just a finger. I worship you, Lord. I give you glory. Remember when you first started to do it and you were in a denominational church? Glory to God. Glory to God. You remember those days? You thought, I'm going to do it. Glory to God. And that Baptist, that Baptist preacher came to me later. And I remember us having a service. I was in a gymnasium. And he was in the audience. And I was talking about some things. And he looked at me. And he waved at me. And he went like this. He was cheering me on. You know what he said? I get it. I get it. I get it. You say, maybe this is all you can do. Maybe you can't do much. But maybe you can just tap your foot. Maybe you've never done it before. He said, that's the best I got. Devil, take that. I'm telling you, I'm going to get Danny to dance one day. He's going to cut up in here. One day, <laughs> Danny's going to run, man. It's going to happen. He said, so Jesus said, what happened to the other nine? 
And then he, the guy says, well, I don't know. And it's so powerful. He said, weren't they all cleansed? Where are there other nine? Verse 18. They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And Jesus said to him, arise and go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. W-H-O-L-E. The others got healed of leprosy, but they were still missing fingers and parts of their nose. And they still, when you looked at him, you knew that they were a leper. But Jesus said, this cat, he not only got healed of leprosy, but he was made whole. Everything came back normal. Why? He praised and gave thanks to God. And you want to give thanks to God? I'm telling you, it's the next step. Glory be to his holy name. Glory be to Jesus. Cleansed, healed, whole, totally delivered, totally set free. Glory be to God. Others were cleansed. He was made whole. How about you come to church and worship God and not only get cleansed, but be made whole? Amen? Glory be to God. Glory be to Whatever your disease, whatever your trouble, whatever your mountain, Whatever thing you're facing, if you'll give thanks to God, he has the power and the ability to end the whole thing. Bring the whole thing to completion. Glory be to God. How? Through the power of praise and thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but that's a good place to raise a hallelujah. 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 So people say, why do you do that in church? And I said, well, I'm shouting unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Why? I'm getting his attention. I shout hallelujah and heaven perks up. I shout hallelujah and the Lord says, hmm, he's praising me. I continue to praise him. I continue to shout, continue to give him glory and start to clap and start to dance or wave a flag or do something to give him glory. It draws his attention. How about you? I like that. Turn to Psalm 149. Let's look at verses 1 through 6. Praise infuses our prayers with power, especially when we do it joyfully. Joyfully. If you look up that word joy, it means to shine. It means to leap. It means to delight. Oh my goodness, we should joy in praise. To the best of your ability, you ought to smile and say hallelujah. I'm just saying, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. The joy of the Lord is your... You don't have strength in your body? Start giving some joy up. I'm telling you, the two are connected. You're joyful. The next time you have a pity party, just start worshiping God. You'll worship your way right out of that spirit of heaviness. You'll come right out of that pit of despair. You want to break depression? Just give God some shouts and dance and sacrifice Push through, push it off, and you watch. The Bible says to give him, he'll give you the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Joy and the oil of joy will crush the spirit of heaviness. Take it right out. Glory be to God. Glory be to his holy name. Look at Psalm 149. Praise ye the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song in his praise in the congregation of the saints. Who should praise him? In the congregation of the saints. That means when you gather together, you ought to say something. That's what I tell you all the time. Church is not the place to be quiet. 
Church is the place for you to say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's your place to shout and clap and dance and, and agree. And, why? Because everything's voice activated. Everything. Everything's voice activated. Verse number two, let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion, which is us, the believers, Israel, be joyful in their king. You're supposed to be joyful in your king. How many times have we been through, I came out of a denominational church, and I remember we used to, we would go to other places, and I would come back to my church, and I'd think, man, what's wrong with these people? I don't, I don't understand what's going on. My wife would say, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. Then all these terms start coming up, frozen chosen, frozen, unbelieving believers. They're unbelieving believers. They sit there. Yeah. You done yet? You've seen them. Sometimes I wonder, what's wrong with them? I don't understand it. Be joyful to your king. Verse 3, let them praise his name and dance. <laughs> let them praise his name and dance. Let them sing praises unto him with a timbrel and a harp. Verse number 4, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Verse 5, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. It's the worship of God. Give him glory. Be joyful. Look at verse number 6. Here's the power verse. Here's the power verse. You want to see the power of God start to move in your life? This is how you get it. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand. The Bible says when you give praise to God, it's a two-edged sword. What is the point of a sword? To do one thing, fight the enemy, rout the enemy. Your praise is a two-edged sword against your, your enemy. Your praise, your dance, your clap, your shout, however you choose to do it, you should do it joyfully. Do it joyfully. Do it exuberantly. Do it uh, boisterously or uh, boisterously do it boisterously this word boisterously is the word that's talking about here in Psalm uh, 149 if you look up that word boisterous boisterous means loud rambunctious riotous it means with a, a to be wild and unruly and lively it means to raise a hallelujah so Psalm 49 is talking about. It's not talking about being quiet, sitting still. It's talking about raise a, raise a shout, raise a banner, wave your hands, clap, shout, jump, dance, scream, holler. Do it joyfully, exuberantly. The opposite, what the enemy would want you to do is to do nothing. Sit. Some people say, like my wife, when, I, when we first got, I was born again late in life, and my wife had been in church her whole life, and she says, well, I were taught to be reverent in church. I said, God's reverence and your reverence are different. You think to be reverent means to be quiet and still and solemn and, 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 and respectfully sit there and listen and be calm and subdued. That's not what God thinks church should be like. It's not what the scripture says worship service should be like. Hold your book and turn to page 492 and let's sing, you know, let's sing 
hymn number 687 in your hymnal. You've sung it your whole life, but you got to hold the book. You got to Okay, is there anything wrong with that? If your heart's in it, if you're not just singing just to sing, but you're giving glory to God. I've been in many, many traditional worship services where I held my hymn book in one hand and waved it and shook it and danced and sang with all my heart and waved my hands and pulled out my hanky and shook it. And when the service was over, they'd come to me and they said, my God, I've never seen someone worship like that before. And we're singing hymns. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I took off running, singing hymns. Glory! Gone. That church looking at me like, is he really running in this church? Yeah. My Baptist friends used to call me up. They'd go out of town. They'd invite me to come preach in their church. And I would go preach in their church or the Baptist Association would call me. And they'd send me somewhere to preach. And I'd get there. I got my suit on. And i look all nice like everybody else. i put my stuff up there. And then i start preaching. Well, in my old days, man, I was, in my young days, I should say, not really old days, but years ago, I mean, I was really just, yeah, that's Tammy. I was wild. I mean, run, shout, jump. Climb over things, scream, wave banners. Oh, I was just, I mean, I would just get it, man. When I felt the anointing, I, we would get after it. And, and I'd have Baptist churches standing to their feet and clapping, and, and I'd have people in the altars, and they'd be singing and jumping and shouting and, and Baptist churches. Now, I didn't do that. This is gone. So when the service was over, the, the, the deacon would come to say, what did you do to our church? I said, well, I didn't do anything to your church, brother. He said, you wrecked the place. And pastor called me up and said, what would you do on Sunday? I heard people were shouting and dancing and clapping. I said, mm, yeah, we had church. Don't you have church that way? He said, no. People sit and are quiet and I preach. And I said, well, stir them up, man. He said, you got to come back and show me how you did that. Some places said, don't invite the wild man back. Certain places I went back to and they said, he's back again. And he said, I, they used to tell him one, one of the preachers introduced me and said, all I can say to you is Andrew's preacher, say, buckle your seatbelt. And he went and sat down. Buckle your seatbelt. You know? Praise the Lord. Give glory unto God. Don't be religious. Don't get stuck in the spirit of religion. Praise God. Be joyful in your praise and worship. Numbers 14, 21. But they... But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. It's God's desire that His glory fill the whole earth. How does the glory of God come? He inhabits what? The praise of His people. If you'll throw off that religious junk and the day of traditions are over. Listen, I'm not, I don't have a problem with traditional church. I really don't. I like traditional church. I do. There's nothing wrong with traditional church. The problem I have with traditional church is when their tradition takes over the word of God. And they use their tradition and they put the Bible down and they say, well, this is our tradition. Well, guess what? We need to knock your tradition over a little bit. Yeah. In my early years of ministry, when I didn't know no better in the Baptist church, I didn't know anything. And God sent me places and I kicked over all their sacred cows and I knocked over all their religious things. And I didn't know I was even doing it. It just happened. 
No, seriously, I'm not lying to you. I wrecked places. And people would get saved. I mean, people have been in church 20 years. The next thing you know, I think, she got born again. We thought she'd been saved the whole time. And people started getting saved. Kids started getting saved. I had one preacher say to me, what did you do? We had, we had salvation in the church. And I said, yeah, we haven't had someone saved in years. I said, oh, my goodness, wake them up. And they're excited about it. Why? I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord routes the enemy. The praise and joyful preaching of God's word and believing that God's going to move and standing on this thing, God does great and mighty works. Now, there's one thing to say it like that. Another thing to say, God does great and mighty works, brother. Yeah, in seminary, they told me, you move around too much. You make too much noise. You can't, you got to stand still when you're preaching. I said, stand still. I said, I couldn't stand still if you chained me to this thing, man. Stand still. Okay, you stand still. I can't. I got to move. <laughs> I'm a whole lot better than what I was. Trust me, I've calmed down a whole lot. Paul said, I'd like for you to rip one one day. I said, I will. I will. Talking about joy. We're talking about praise. We're talking about power and praise. We're talking about upsetting a religious spirit. That's what happens. See, the spirit of religion will come upon you. You won't even realize it. I've been in churches, and I was literally in churches, and they would say, well, just get Andrew to do that because he wants to do that. Get Andrew to do that. That's his thing. And they volunteered me for all kinds of stuff, and I did it all. I didn't, I didn't turn down nothing. I remember the first church I was at, pastor asked me one day, would you just stand up on Sunday and read the passages I'm going to preach from? I said, sure. All I did was read the scripture. Afterwards, he came to me and said, man, man, you read that scripture. You read it with power. You read that scripture. You were like, you emoted. You, you had emotion. He said, you stirred something in me. All I did was read the Bible. <laughs> All I did was read it. Mm, gave it some gusto. Read it like I meant it. Amen? Sing it like what they say when you say, when you, you, you do things, you drive a car, you know, t you drive it like you stole it. It's a rental. Get on that sucker. You know? If you're in church, go for it, man. If you're going to stomp the devil, stomp him good. How do you do it? <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm winning, man. I'm going to win my battle. Why? Praise, glory, victory. Know what you want, pursue after it, and let praise and worship be the thing that drives you there. Praise God with all your heart. Praise Him aloud. Praise Him wonderfully. Look at John chapter 9 and verse 24. John chapter 9 chapter 24 talks about this spirit of religion that I was talking to you about. So there's this guy who gets healed in the scriptures. So this guy's been born blind his whole life, and Jesus makes mud, puts it in his eyes, and the guy sees. He goes and washes, and he sees, and then there's this big to-do about it. Is he the guy who was born blind? It looks like him. I think it's him. The guy said, yeah, it's me. I was born blind. It is you. You sure? Yeah, it's me. You can see now. Well, how can you see? Well, the man called Jesus put mud in my eyes, and I went and washed, and now I can see. And they drug him into the priests. And the Sadducees, and they said, check him out, man. What happened to you? The, are you the one who was born blind? He said, yeah, I was born blind. Not, John, John chapter 9, verse 24. And they called, them, they, called, 
Then they called the man that was blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that that man who healed you is a sinner. So here's Jesus, heals this cat. The guy said Jesus did it. They put mud in his eyes. They washed his eyes. They even brought the guy's parents in and said, Is this your son who was born blind? Yeah, that's our son who was born blind. Well, how is it now that he can see? I don't know. He's old enough. Why don't you ask him? And they said that because they were afraid that if they acknowledged Jesus, they would have been kicked out of the seminary. They would have been kicked out of the synagogue. That's a spirit of religion. You better get over it. And they, they came and they, they, they brought this cat in and they said, okay, what happened? And they asked him again. And he said, Jesus healed me. He said, they said, give glory to God. Listen to the spirit. Quiet down. Sit down. Shut up. That guy didn't do it. He's nothing. He's nobody. He's a sinner. You should give glory to God. The whole religious spirit wants you to be quiet. The whole religious tradition wants you to sit down and shut up and, 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 and be respectful and, and don't do things. I'm telling you, organized religion can be a real problem and the enemy uses it in a big way. I'm part of organized religion. We're a non-denominational church for a reason. Why? Because I had enough men tell me I've done it wrong my whole life, Brother Danny. And I think I got a pretty good handle on it. And I'm going to continue to go. And I'm going I'm to be honest with you. All those men in, in, in 30 years of ministry, I'm the only one left standing, Brother Danny. And I don't say that proudfully or boastfully. I'm telling you, they're all gone. They're all out of their churches. Their churches drew up, blew, blew down, went away. They're not even in ministry. I travel the nations with these men. You know who's still preaching the gospel? Glory be to Jesus. You know who's still preaching the word? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Has nothing to do with me, but has something to do with my praise. Has something to do with, you know who, you know who gets all my glory? Jesus. I said before to many a congregations and many a people, I will never commit high treason. Jesus gets all the glory. You want to know who the superstar is? Jesus is the superstar. You know who heals? Jesus heals. You know who delivers? Jesus does it. You know who gets everything? Jesus gets it all. You know what I get? I get the same thing you get. I get to praise him. Hallelujah. And brag on him. I'm still chucking. I'm still pushing. I'm still going for it. Some of them died. Some of them left. There's a lot of them that aren't even in the ministry anymore. Praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. Tammy's been walking around with me for years. My sister back there. We've been in and out of a bunch of churches. Oh, my goodness. And we're still getting it. Let everything that has breath praise and worship the Lord. There's power in it. Nehemiah 8.10. I've already shared the scripture with you. I'll say it again. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Put a smile on and give God glory. Worship him. Praise Him. Bless Him. Do something. Turn, to, turn in your Bible to Psalm 168, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 168, verses 1 through 3. The power of praise, getting your prayers answered. To make prayer requests unto God, but then to turn right around and praise Him and worship Him. And wave, like Joe and Paul keep talking about. How many times a day, Joe, do you praise the Lord? Seven times a day. That means just, hallelujah, glory. I bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
How many times a day? Well, you should try to do at least seven with the Bible. So seven times a day, I'll praise him. You should at least, at least, at least that be a start. Good morning, good night, my meal. I mean, there's more things than that. My wife says, I've noticed something about you. And I said, what's that? She said, you pray a scripture verse every time you swipe that bank card. I said, I sure do. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. The favor of God's upon me. I am prosperous. Poverty, you loose me. I say, money come to me in Jesus' name. I'm blessed. Swipe that card. Why? I'm praising God. I'm acknowledging him as my provider. How many times? All the time. Psalm 168, Psalm 68, verses 1 through 3. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so the wicked perish at the presence of God. Verse number three. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Man, it's the praise of God that scatters the enemy. It's the praise of God that causes those that hate God to get out of the way. He drives them out. They melt like wax. They perish. The wicked perish at his presence. How? When the righteous are glad, when the righteous rejoice before God, when they exceedingly rejoice. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Burn. I'm telling you, burn. I'm telling you, burn. I'm telling you, rejoice. I'm telling you, wait. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You should give God some kind of glory. Say something. Do something. Turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 30. In verse 29 through 32, we're talking about the power of praise. The power of praise. Now, we're not talking about being dignified. That's why I like that song from, oh, what's the guy with the big beard, crazy big hair? Oh, song that plays that little crazy guitar. Oh, I can see him. He wears those little weird glasses. think his name in a second he sings that song I'll become even more undignified than this <laughs> yeah I'll become even more undignified than this in church he says spread out get yourself some room we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna you think I'm undignified now I'm gonna get even more undignified talk the songs about David dancing before the Lord naked <laughs> yeah exuberantly praising God worshiping God I'll become even more undignified than this. You gotta listen to that. You go home and look it up. You'll love it. It's a great song. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. I turn. I, who is it? David Crowder. That's it. David Crowder. I'll become even more undignified than this. You gotta go look up that song and listen to it. It'll challenge you. I turn on some music for Paul. He walks in and he goes, What is that? I go, Oh, brother. He said, You can't play that in here. The other people. He said, You, you might. You, they're not ready for that, Andrew. Said, okay, all right, all right, I'll back it down. Oh, yeah, I play some stuff in here for those around. And Paul walks in and goes, oh, my gosh, man, this place is shaking. <laughs> yeah. He's ripping it in here. 
He catches me in here dancing, running, shouting, waving banners. Well, no one's around. He'll walk in sometimes and sit back there, won't even know he's there. And next thing you know, he'll start messing with me. He'll start turning the song up and pull the song down. I'm going to look around. And he'll hide. And I'll be doing something. And then the song will get real loud. And I'll think, what in the world? And then the light will flash. And I'll see the light flashing. And I'll just dance and shout and blow, run back and forth. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden I'll, I'll look up. And there he is. You know how Paul is goofy, <laughs> laughing at me. He turns it down. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm giving glory to the king, man. Yeah. That's why I become a church early. I'm sorry. So, uh, Isaiah 30, 29 through 32. And you will sing as on the night you celebrate a holy festival. Your hearts will rejoice as when people playing pipes go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. He's talking about giving praise unto God. Verse 30, the Lord will cause people to hear his majestic voice and will make them see his arm coming down with raging anger and consuming fire, with cloud bursts, thunderstorm, and hail. The voice of the Lord will shatter the Assyrians. With his rod, he will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on them with his punishing club will be to the music of timbrels and harps as he fights them in battle with blows of his arm. That's how powerful it is. God says, you worship me and you praise me and I'll rain down on your enemy like with my raging anger. I'll consume them with fire. I'll come upon them with cloud bursts. I'll come upon them like a thunderstorm. I'll hail upon them. I'll rain strikes down upon them. How? When you give praise to God. Hallelujah. And you praise him and he'll fight the enemy for you. I don't know about you, but if you want something to change in your life, just go home, close your door, and put something on and dance and shout and give glory to God. I've been caught many a day in my room. My kids would walk in. I wouldn't even know they were in there. And I'm in there worshiping, shouting, glory, jumping, praising, giving all kinds of glory to God. And look over, and there are my two little kids sitting on the bed <laughs> watching me. Daddy, what you doing? All excited and lit up for joy. I'm in the room going crazy. I said, Daddy, what are you doing? I said, come on, join me. What do we do? Jump, shout, clap. Ah, yay, glory. Ah. We run and shake things and ring bells and, and anything we had to make noise. We'd make noise, give it glory to God. Ah. My wife would come in there, what is going on? We're praising the Lord. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seriously, I raised them that way. Why? When the enemy wants to fight, that's how we fight. The enemy wants to fight? Worship the Lord. The enemy picks a fight with you, give God glory. Just give him glory. Give him praise. The enemy will fight against us. The enemy will, will cause you to be quiet. God wants you to shout. Hallelujah. Never underestimate the power of joy. Never underestimate the power of praise. Never underestimate Doing things that interrupt the enemy and bring glory to God. There's a woman in Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, I'm going to end in just a second. I'm going to just last scripture verse. 
And then we're going to stand up and we're going to sing a few praise songs. And I'm encouraging you when we play these praise songs uh, to close out this service tonight that you worship the Lord. Okay? This is your opportunity to just give Him glory. Not like me, but like you do. And it doesn't mean, listen, I'm, I'm beyond. If you don't mind me running and shouting and dancing and clapping, I don't mind you sitting either, okay? I won't make fun of you sitting as long as you don't make fun of me shouting. I'll be respectful to you. You be respectful to me because I know you can praise God in your seat just like I can do standing waving a flag. And there's no difference because he knows your heart, right? That's the truth. You can sit and quietly raise your hands and give glory to God and tears come down your face. You can clap your hands in your chair. You can tap your feet. and just It don't matter. Just do it with all your heart and give him glory. And don't be ashamed about it. If you're a joyful noise like me, then make a joyful noise. If you can sing like the angels, then sing like the angels. If you can clap on dude, clap on dude. But if you can't, don't make yourself not clap. If you feel strange raising your hands, lift them anyway. Don't worry about all that. Give the Lord glory. In Luke chapter 7, a woman came to Jesus. He's eating dinner. He's sitting down with the Pharisees at dinner. And this woman comes in and interrupts the whole thing. And the Pharisees go, what is she doing in here? And he's thinking this. You know what type of woman this is? I should tell you who she was. Coming off the street corner. And she got to where Jesus was. And the Bible says she shed tears and she cried all over his feet. And she washed his feet with her tears. She dried his feet with her hair. And then she took the only thing that she had, this alabaster box, and she broke it open, and she poured it on his feet. She gave him worship. She gave him praise. It wasn't like everybody else did it. It wasn't like anybody else has ever done it. And the dude at the table said, she shouldn't be touching him. And if he knew who she was, He'd stop it. And Jesus said, I'm going to ask you a question. I came to your house. You didn't give to me no water to wash my feet. I came to your house. You gave me no towel to dry my feet. I came to your house. You didn't put no oil on me. He said, he said, if someone gets forgiven just a little bit, and if someone gets forgiven a lot, who are they going to love to forgive her more? And he said, well, I guess the person who got forgiven a lot will love the person who forgave them even more. Though her sins were great, I forgave her. And she's giving me praise like no one else has ever done. And Jesus said, yeah, she's got it. If you love little, you may just worship just a little bit. But if you are found like I was found, and you are redeemed from what I was redeemed from, and you are saved the way I was saved, and know where my life was going, and he found me. That's why I am the way I am. I was wrecked before Jesus. I was trashed before Jesus. I was on a freight train to hell. I was a, I was just wrong. I mean, you talk about messed up, man. And then he found me. And I can't help but be the woman that cries at his feet. 
I can't help but be the woman to dry speak with my hair. I can't help but be the one to pour the oil. I can't help but be the one to cry or wave or shout or say, glory, whether anybody else does or not. I showed up at an Easter sunrise service on the beach and it was dark outside and I didn't realize I was at the wrong church. Me and another brother shouted and gave glory and made all kinds of noise, and we were the only two. And when the sun rose and we could see each other, he looked at me and says, we're in the wrong congregation. I said, I, didn't, I don't recognize them either. He says, I don't think they shout and praise like we're, we're the only two doing it. I said, so what, man? Glory to God! Give God praise. He inhabits our praise. He's worthy of our praise. If you'll learn to praise God, your prayers will get answered even quicker. Praise Him. Stand to your feet. I want to thank you for joining us on YouTube tonight and for watching our video. We encourage you to join with us on Sunday mornings at 1030 and on Tuesday nights at 630. And we're in Social Mississippi. So you can look us up at uh, www.themission28.org. You can find more about our church, and we'll see you Sunday morning at 1030. Lord bless you. Well, church, I did the best I could to encourage you to praise the Lord. I just want to give you the opportunity to do it. Regardless of what anybody else does, I encourage you.